Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Hope you all are having a fantastic day. Today, we're going to talk about the art of communication. Communication truly is an art form. It's multi-layered. It has unfathomable depths, but is also ripe for misunderstanding. Today, I want to cover much more than the words people are saying and dive into the thoughts people may be having when they speak, how we can become better listeners and how to more effectively communicate our own thoughts when we speak with others. One of the greatest and most simplistic ways to communicate these struggles comes from Brooke Castillo, CEO of the Life Coach School. She says it like this, There are the thoughts I have, the words I say to convey those thoughts, the words you hear, and the thought you think based on what you heard. Wow! When you think about these four layers of having a thought in your brain, making its way to another human brain through words that are spoken and heard, no wonder people get mad at each other as often as they do. I think if you are married or in a relationship, you totally get this. How many times have you had a positive thought about your spouse or significant other communicated it to them via spoken word, and what they heard was an insult. Yeah, um, let me try this again. And how many times have you felt you couldn't recover from the misinterpretation of your spoken word? Here's a great one from my construction safety world, 100% tied off. What does this actually mean? This is a common statement in the construction arena. But it's amazing how the original thought is put through the filter of the human voice and then misinterpreted to not even make sense to the listener, which in turn produces thoughts of frustration in the listener's mind. Here's what I mean by this. The thoughts in the minds of management usually go like this. I want some form of fall protection at four or six feet, depending on the industry you work in, regardless of any regulatory leniencies that certain groups may be allowed to follow according to the law. Within my company, I want a guardrail or personal fall arrest system as a last resort if you can't eliminate the fall hazard through some other means. That's the thought that management typically has. But then the thought gets communicated as, this is a 100% tie-off job, i.e., you must use personal fall arrest anytime you are four or six feet off the ground. So then when the listener or worker or subcontractor hears those words, they tend to have thoughts such as, Why would I want to use personal fall arrest at four or six feet above a surface? It rarely works unless I am 18 feet off the surface. They become frustrated and many times believe the policy set forth by their employer or client is unrealistic and doesn't make sense. 
Safety people just don't understand. Here's another example when the thought of management became distorted as it was communicated in words to the worker level. Recently, I was teaching a rigging class, and we were discussing how a basket hitch has the greatest capacity when compared to a choker or vertical hitch. One of the students then asked me, Philip, if a basket hitch has the greatest capacity, why is management telling us we can't use a basket hitch? I responded with, I don't know, but I will find out. As the day progressed, I learned that the client had lost a load of conduit that didn't have good load retention while the workers were using a basket hitch. The thought management had was, you can't use a basket hitch for loose bundles of material because it doesn't have good load retention. If you need to use a basket hitch due to capacity requirements, you are allowed to do so as long as you have proper load retention. Unfortunately, the words heard by the workers were, you can't use a basket hitch, period, end of story, or else. The thoughts the workers had were, why won't management let me use the greatest capacity hitch? You see, Deep communication takes a lot of words. What gets communicated in a simple sentence usually deserves a paragraph or two. In these high-paced, productive cultures we live in, it seems unproductive to tell someone two paragraphs of information. And so we tend to condense all that into one simple sentence, and that's where the distortion of the communication begins. Corporate policies can rarely be effectively communicated with simple one-sentence statements. Most policies have depth to them. There are exceptions to policies. When the policy is appropriate at face value and when it is not the correct approach. It takes more time to communicate depth. And the communicator can easily be frustrated due to the time required to convey the thought and how that thought is actually interpreted by the conduit we are speaking to. So what is the root of this problem? Lack of effective communication. There's the thought I think, the words I use to convey that thought, the words the listener hears, and the thought they think about it. Let's dive in to the words that people hear. People are typically only paying attention to you about 15% of the time. This enlightenment comes from 20 years of public speaking. I used to be amazed by this fact, but at this stage of life, it's just come to be expected. Over and over again, I have been teaching a class and a student would ask me some question. I would answer the question given the depth, the different viewpoints, the exceptions to the rule, and feel like I gave a nice, thorough answer to the question. But no joke, two seconds later, the person sitting right beside them would ask the same question again. Um, did you just leave the room or something? Yes, not physically, but mentally they did. It's shocking at first, but the more you pay attention to it, the more you accept that it's normal 
From there, you can work around this common lack of attention. This appears to be getting worse with the invention of the smartphone and the iPad, all those things that continually distract us. It's become normal for me to tell a class I will repeat things over and over and over again. I clarify that I'm not doing this because I think they're all a bunch of idiots. I do it because I understand how little we actually pay attention. Sometimes I jokingly explain it this way. Have you ever been sitting in church, listening to the preacher, and next thing you know, you are making your Home Depot list or thinking about what you're going to have for dinner that night? God's watching. They get it, though. We are all guilty of not paying attention. My explanation comes from noticing that behavior in myself. Effective communication starts with learning effective listening techniques. And it's hard. It's hard to actually listen to someone. On top of all that, within the 15% of time that people are actually listening to you, they're only hearing the words you use to convey the thoughts you have. So it is imperative that when you are communicating deeply complex thoughts, that you give the listener time to process those words. They need to come up with their own examples of how the thought you are conveying applies to their own personal life experience. They need to process the information. Give them the time to do that. Never overload the brain with a multitude of complex ideas or concepts. Break them down into little chunks that they can absorb. Then come back to them later. Have another conversation about the new idea. See how they are processing it. From there, you can determine if you need to further explain yourself or if they are ready to move on to the next big idea. So now let's take some more time to talk about the different ways people listen. We can use this information to become better listeners and then share these concepts with those we are speaking to. Most don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to respond. Okay, I hear what this guy's saying. I got it. I'll answer his question if he would just shut up and finish talking. All thoughts I have had myself while someone was speaking to me. While I was thinking those thoughts, they were using words to communicate the other 85% of the information that I missed. Again, normal behavior. How often do you notice yourself doing the same thing, formulating your own response before the speaker ever even finishes what they are trying to say? We could expand this concept to four levels of listening. There's ignore completely. Yeah, middle finger is all you get. Pretend to listen so they will shut up move on and go bother someone else. Listen selectively. This is the listen with intent to respond style. Listen attentively, actually trying to pay attention to what they are saying. I want to focus primarily on trying to listen attentively. But first, let's talk about why we listen selectively. We think we're smart, and we are smart. We are smart when we know the thought the person is thinking. 
But if I don't allow them to express their thought in its entirety, am I really responding in an intelligent way? Or am I speaking from a place of arrogance? Yeah, I get it. Let me cut you off and address your statement. I learned this the hard way. When feeling the energy of public speaking, addressing all the questions flying at me, it can be a high adrenaline experience. There have been so many situations where a student threw out a statement. I caught a little piece of it, responded, and then they said, uh, Philip, actually I meant something totally different. In efforts to be super efficient with the time in my classroom, I would find myself starting over, clarifying the thought they were trying to convey, and then addressing it again. But this time, instead of a place of arrogance or fast-paced adrenaline, coming from a place of deep understanding. In other words, it may not always appear this way, but calm, patient listening is usually more effective than quickly addressing the issue, even though it doesn't always initially feel that way. So take a deep breath. When I notice my brain traveling somewhere else, I take a deep breath. When I take that deep breath, it shuts off the incessant stream of thought that never wants to shut up. In the moment, I can go back to being a listener instead of an ignorer. It is also a great technique to repeat back what the person just said to you. Can I make sure I fully understand you? Is this what you mean? Communicate the message back to them in your own words. This is not only good for you understanding them. When you're in a class or group setting, it's ensuring the entire group of people are also understanding the thought. Don't be surprised if they need to clarify it right back to you again. I've also learned this concept through our culture assessment process. I've conducted thousands of interviews with managers across this country and Canada. I would ask a question, and the person would answer, and then I would type or write down their response. Knowing that communication is most often misunderstood, I would ask the interviewee, can I read back to you what I'm typing and make sure I'm capturing your thought clearly? In almost every single session, I would have to revise what I was typing or writing down. It's interesting how one word removed or placed somewhere else in a sentence can communicate a completely different thought. You see, not only do people sometimes mistakenly say the wrong words when they communicate, they also communicate through body language, enunciation, and methods of communication that aren't in the spoken word. Simply typing what a person says often totally distorts the message. These days, I explain the concept to the interviewee that I need to convert our verbal conversations into a novel that someone else will read a couple months from now and hopefully understand what you and I were talking about. Here's another concept in communication that we should discuss. How to best motivate when communicating. There's my way or the highway. There's you still have a place here. 
and there's I can't do it without you. So let's say you're trying to change your culture. Maybe you want to embrace human error or some other cultural change in your organization. The first way you could explain it and communicate it is like this. Hey, buddy, this is the direction we're headed as an organization. So you will either adapt or you no longer belong here. There's method number one, my way or the highway. Here's method number two. We are moving to embracing human error concepts, but you've been working for us for a long time. And even if you don't follow suit with us, you still have a place here. But that's where we're going. It sounds like a nicer way to communicate, but it's still not as effective as it could be. What if we did it this way? Hey, we're moving to embracing human error concepts, but the truth is we can't do it without you. Without your help, it's going to fail. You see, the last form shows ownership for the individual. It admits that you need them to make the change. So when you communicate, do you give people ultimatums, your way or the highway? Do you tell them that it's okay if they don't follow suit, you'll still love on them? Or do you explain that you can't make any change without their help in the matter? Which one has the most passion? Another thing to consider is why do people communicate? What is behind the words they are saying? Some people communicate because they're hurting inside or they're frustrated. And the words they're saying may not always match the thoughts you are having. Maybe they just need to let go of steam. Maybe they need to vent their emotions a little bit. They don't need you to offer up solutions to their problem. They just want you to understand they are struggling, struggling with something, and show a little sympathy for it. Show that you care, not fix the problem. Sometimes people communicate for recognition. They want you to be aware of the successes they are having, the growth they are experiencing, and show a little appreciation for their efforts. Usually when their words are coming from this area, they are not asking you, what else do you think I should work on to get better? No, they are wanting you to solely show appreciation that they are trying to get better. It's important to recognize when someone needs appreciation that will motivate them to grow further and not focus on the weaknesses they are still working on. Most likely, they're already aware of where they need to continue to grow. Focusing on this area can actually demotivate them when you may actually see more consistent growth in the individual by ignoring that for the time being and celebrating their success instead. After all, if they are experiencing success and they are already on the growth path, they probably don't need you to point out their weakness. So now that we are aware of all this, let's summarize those main points again. It's normal for words to not match the thoughts people think. Asking questions can help us gain understanding to the thoughts they are having 
for a greater understanding of the words they are communicating. Asking people to repeat themselves is not a sign of weakness on your part. It's a sign of deep understanding of how easy communication can be misunderstood or not even heard at all. Learning why people communicate can help us better motivate when that is the need or offer help when they are looking for guidance. Accepting that our own thoughts don't always get translated in the appropriate words can help us learn to better communicate our vision. Sometimes something said over and over again in different ways is not treating those you communicate with as if they are lesser human beings. It's having a deep respect for how all of our brains work. In the words of John Maxwell, if a leader is really wise, they will communicate vision in many ways, in many settings, using many different methods. Wait, what did you just say? Let me take a deep breath and try again. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.